The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. From what kept happening, where your heart kept beating for those years, and all of a sudden, hey, something's going wrong here, and maybe your anxiety and your lack of hope becomes new because this fear has come into your life and you can't count on your heart the way that you used to, right? So right now, um, you might even be in the room right now having a device that's been implanted in your body to help your heart stay working properly or something in your body that helps you breathe properly or a device on your body that tracks other parts of your body because you couldn't trust your body anymore. Now you've put your hope in the batteries, right, or the technology or this new computer that's connected to your body. And maybe now you can trust this device more than your body. Your hope is now in this device or maybe your watch that tracks the device. So your hope's been lost on your own heart or lungs or other parts of your body, and it's now moved to something else for your own survival. So if we continue this analogy, right, you may have lost your hope in humanity, right? You may have lost your hope in what's going on around you. Your life's not working properly. You can't really count on anyone. But maybe you've learned that you can count on yourself. Maybe yourself has become the one thing you can count on, or at least you can count on yourself the most of all the things. And, but we all know the, that deep down, we might be doing better relying on ourselves versus relying on others because of the chaos and this brokenness around you. But deep down, especially around these holiday seasons, you get around other people, you recognize that there's blind spots in your life. There's broken pieces. There are places in your life that you cannot keep it all going at the same time. And you know that this thing you're relying on, that your hope is in, is not going to last. That it's, it, it's going to break down. So, God wants to become the new hope for you. Because you're right. You can't trust. You can't lean on any human being enough. You can't even trust yourself enough. But what if we have a God who said, I will be a place you can hope in. I will be one that will never break down. I am one that has been trusted for generations, that has brought hope too many. So my question is, have you moved your hope from yourself to God? Have you done that? This is what the hope and the incarnation is about. What is the incarnation? Well, it's God becoming flesh. It's the Spirit getting skin on. That's the incarnation. He has become a human. The very God of the universe has reached 
this pinnacle of history and his pursuance of humanity and stepped out of heaven and chose to walk with mankind. Let's read John chapter 1 again, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. So Jesus, this word word is logos. It's this powerful word of God that was used in creation. It's, it's we learned that there's this, just in these few phrases, there's four or five attributes of God that hopefully will become bigger for you. Jesus, he always was. One author said, Jesus was always wasing. He just was. Jesus was also with God. He was near him. He was close to him. He was as close to God as possible in a perfect relationship. Thirdly, we see Jesus was God in essence and character. Who this perfect God is, this is also Jesus. And fourthly, we see Jesus the creator, the life giver, the one who had life and the kind of life inside him that he can then give it to others. This is the Jesus we're talking about today. So as we have stated, hope is confidence in God. So we must begin with God. We must begin with who God is so we can even define what hope is. He is the foundation of our hope. He is only, or hope is only as strong as the one you are hoping in. So how big and how strong and how reliable is God? I don't know if there's a number that we could put on that answer. He is the most reliable. He is the most strong. He is the most loving. More than you can imagine, that is why when you think you've figured him out the next Advent season or the next year, he is a little larger. And what happens when God gets bigger, right? Based on the definition of hope is, your hope grows. Your future joy grows. Your anxiety and self declines. Our confidence grows in knowing that the troubles of this life, the plans that God has prepared for us that he's calling us to do, the forgiveness that needs to take place, the many things that go on in this life, they are not beyond the power and love of God. So you can have hope. So this morning, let's look at three areas of hope as we hope in the incarnation. Hope for you, hope for your neighbors, and hope for for the world. So point one, the incarnation, God becoming flesh, Jesus is hope for you. Let's read John 1, 4 and then skip down to 9. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but 
to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Our hope, friends, is truth. What does Jesus bring? He brings us truth. How do we see that here? Well, it's light. What does light do? Well, light reveals what's true in the darkness. It cures confusion of what is unseen. Verse 9 says, He is the true light. So this truth, this this revealing brings knowledge. It's something that wasn't understood and now is understood. Some will know and some will not know. This idea of what do you know, who do you know, is very important. And John is clear that those who receive Jesus accept the true light that reveals. This welcoming of the light is a sign that you are being called into his kingdom. So this Christmas season, if you are like, Jesus, come shine on me. Come shine on this world. Show me what is true. That is a sign that you are adopted or you have an awareness of wanting to be adopted into his kingdom. And this kingdom is not just to come as a servant. No, friends, it's not just to come and work. You get a seat at the table with the king. You become a prince and princess. The king adopts children. And everyone who accepts the light, accepts the truth, accepts the path to God, give, is given these rights. What does Jesus say? Right? What does Jesus say about this? In John 14, 6, Jesus talks about this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. That is a bold statement, church, of Jesus. He is the truth that shows the way to life. Jesus is the truth that shows the way to life. And how does that help us? Well, just prior to this, as he's talking to his disciples and to Thomas, in 14.1, so in John 14.1, this is how Jesus starts. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus knows who he's talking to. People with anxiety, people with fear, people with don't, who don't have hope. So what does he give? He gives hope to people by saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. When your hope is in the incarnation, then now you are resting in God and his work. Jesus taught, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because God cares for his kids. We can hope in not our power, but in the power of our Father. And not only will he come as flesh and pay for our sins, but he will also save you and sanctify you if you welcome the light. So the incarnation is hope for you. My prayer is that for those in the room who've accepted Christ and are children of the King, that you would rest in that this holiday season. 
And if you're in the room and you have not given your life to Jesus, that you would consider that and you would welcome the light of God in your life. And whatever it reveals, that's good for you. And then you can begin the process of repentance and sanctification and becoming closer to God. So point one was the incarnation is hope for you. Point two, the incarnation is hope for your neighbors. Do you know who your first neighbor is? We don't talk about this much, but we should talk more often. But we'll talk about be, like this idea of who I am, be, right, and bless, this idea of blessing others and belonging, having a life of welcoming people in. But when I say, do you know who your first neighbor is? What comes to mind? Your first neighbor. Who's the closest person to you? Not you. Who's the next person out? Your family, your spouse, your kids, right? Right? Your first neighbor. Your family is your closest neighbor, right? You have a spouse. They probably live and sleep closer than anyone else. How has Jesus brought you hope in your marriage, right? I want to remind you that your marriage, its main purpose is not for your happiness, but to display God's endless love for his children, the church. And this can give your marriage hope, right? Because sometimes you have unhappy moments or days, weeks sometimes, but it's not always endless happiness in marriage, and that's not its intention. But inside those seasons, how can forgiveness inside your marriage display God to the other person or even to others in your life? Now that's something we can all shoot for. Now that's something that's meaningful. And maybe when we display the love and the kind of life and the teachings and the grace that Jesus showed us, when we show that to each other in our marriages, then we find happiness. And God is on display. That's hope. That's future joy. What if you have kids? How can Jesus bring hope to your parenting? What if you don't have kids yet? What if you're single? What if you're a single parent? What if you're a kid? Well, your family is where you show the love of God. God invented family. This is how he designed for his people, his creation, to grow and develop. The incarnation himself was born into a family. They did not find Jesus in some rando cave. Jesus was born into a family. And these first neighbors are supposed to be a safe place to learn, to understand what it means to have identity with other people. And we're all born into a family, right? Maybe those families weren't great, but if you didn't have any family, the baby would die. You guys made it past that stage. Way to go, right? There is a joy that we had people care for us when no one, or when nothing other than people could have kept us alive. So consider the holidays, right, when families get together. Why? Because of their identity, right? And some of us, maybe even here recently, you may ask, 
No. Honey, why do we do this? I don't know if that question ever came up in your family, but sometimes it does. Well, because these are the people that you were born into. And from my short experience, these are the people that are going to bury you. Like, these are important people in your life. This is how it's supposed to be in the kingdom of God. Your identity is in your family, where you try and figure out your problems. And this is why during the holidays, when you're not invited to something, or a family member says something about, about you that's negative or negative about somebody else in the family, you feel inside, this is wrong. This is unjust. This is not the way things are supposed to be. Why? Because God has already put inside you, this is what family is. It's your first neighbor. How is God calling you to put hope into your first neighbor this Christmas season? Begin in your own family. Then begin thinking about your extended family. As Jesus has given you hope, he can also give hope to them as well as your first neighbor's. But now there's other neighbors as well, right? When we think of the word neighbor, we normally think of people outside of our family, but it's very similar. Our friends, our neighbors, where we live, work, and play are all offered the forgiveness of sins just like we have been. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. The incarnation is hope for your neighbors. And that is good news. May we bless people with the no-strings-attached kind of love that Jesus displayed for us. May we serve. May we give generously with our time and our money this holiday season. Because you know what that is? It's God in the flesh now. The incarnation. Jesus took on flesh. Why did he have to do that? Well, his body of flesh could not have been beaten and killed for our sin any other way. His death was for our life. And we read that in him was life. That phrase should mean a lot to us this morning. In Jesus was life. And he is the one who went through death for that life for us. So my prayer, my hope is that you will take the opportunity to share the good news, the incarnation with neighbors. So point three today, as we close, the incarnation is hope for the world. Jesus came for all people, all the nations, the Jew, the non-Jew or Gentile, as we read in the scriptures, men, women, slave, free, young, old, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There are billions of people who have never heard the gospel. They've never heard the truth. They've never seen the light. Will you pray that God will send out more workers into his harvest field this Christmas to share the gospel with the unreached of our planet? Will you give to missions and pray for the thousands and thousands of families who've left their homes, crossed Many, many, many barriers to go and share Jesus with people 
that are not of their own, but they are God's. And people are willing to leave their neighborhood and enter into another for the sake of the kingdom. John 1.14, we talk about this all the time in our church. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from, from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh, the logos, the one who spoke creation into existence. He became human, a small baby, and dwelt among us. He put his tent up in the neighborhood, is how it translates. May the world see his glory through the lives of God's family, right? The love that we have for one another and for the world. May he use us. May his abounding grace and light-filled truth shine from us. May your hope this Christmas season increase as Jesus becomes bigger to you. And doing that, your confidence in God increases. May you offer the hope of Jesus to those in your family and to those around you. May you become more involved with international missions by giving and praying and hoping to see that the incarnation is celebrated around the world. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this, this season where we're reminded in this rhythm of the year of the of the incarnation. How you left heaven to come to earth. What a barrier to cross. And as you step down to this and you interacted with people, you interacted with people just like we do. There are people around us that we do not understand. We do not understand the evil. But Father, as we stop and we look in our own hearts, we don't understand why you came for us. The many times that we've rejected you and gone our own way. Jesus, right now, as we take a moment, a time of confession, may you allow us to take our eyes off the sins of others and remind us of our own sins. And Father, right now, may we silently just confess those sins to you and see the hope that you came for the sinner to redeem us and to sanctify us. Look up and hear these words of encouragement. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, a God of forgiveness. Amen.